You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan. What's going on, Grump? It is finally football season. It is training camp. That means Pat Leonard is writing bad articles overreacting, and it means Alex Wilson is stealing people's content. (laughs) Welcome to football season, Grump. Oh, man. Pat Leonard is writing articles in the spring to ask players how they felt about the articles in the summer and then writes an article on their answer. Boy, that's something, huh? I like the fact how uh, after two days that the Giants really reconsider their whole plan with the with the offense since it's sputtering so bad. And, you know, Daniel Jones, what's plan B? (laughs) I um. When is Tyrod Taylor going to get first team snaps that that that's that's rich. I mean. I, I I think I'm one of the few people who are less infuriated by what Pat Leonard has done in the past six months and more so I don't want to say feel bad for him because I certainly don't, but he looks pretty pathetic and to everyone. I mean like yeah. it's very transparent how stupid he looks. So I don't I I can only laugh at him. He's like that one reporter for Fox News that asked the questions for um you know the White House uh, press secretary, and you're just so off the wall, and it's just like, all right, you, what, what's your question today? <laughs> I don't it's watch just, the news. I know. <laughs> but, <laughs> you do get this thing called Twitter, right? And occasionally, things that even if you don't oh, sign up God. for, do come across your feed. Yeah, and like, I, like that would be Wilson. one of them. Um, <laughs> um, this is kind of so. This is our first training camp report, and before we go crazy, uh, you know, just kind of along the same vein here is um, there's been as of this recording only four practices, three of which I think were not in pads. That's so correct. there's not really a whole lot to glean from this. Um, if we were actually at the practices that have taken place, then we'd probably have more to say. But I don't feel comfortable pretending to give analysis on things I haven't seen, uh, and also I don't think we've seen enough to really dive into any of that shit anyway so this is just kind of you know where we are right now and what we know right now and and putting things in perspective too like let's you know we hear something you know if you look on twitter you would think that daniel jones is throwing left-handed but (laughs) i mean but i mean come on i'm so did wes steinberg have his best troll tweet yet (laughs) with the hitting a handicapped person because it's now been so long that we've been accustomed to wes steinberg that i just i saw that one i'm like no one's gonna believe that and then hours later i checked the quote tweets on it and it's hysterical how 99 percent of the quote tweets literally think that happened amazing I mean, we should do a poll. Who do you trust more, Wes Steinberg or Pat Leonard? Oh, my God. Yo, my friend sent me Wes Steinberg's tweet, like in an Instagram DM the next day. Like, that's how far <laughs> that tweet came around. It, it came all the way back around to my neighborhood. Um, <laughs> outstanding shit. But you know what? It, I just kind of said how we're not really going too crazy. But I'll start with the one thing that is pissing me off. Uh-oh. Um, John Feliciano has made one practice so far. He has not – none of the practices that he's missed, only today, was one that was padded. But he's had hydration issues now. And I understand that it's summer and it's hot and he's a big guy and whatever. But 
dude, hydration issues making you miss like four straight days this early. I think it's okay to be pissed off at that, right? I, it's that sounds like that's a symptom of something worse than hydration. It may be, but like, yeah, he he wasn't my favorite starter on the offensive line to begin with. Uh, He was somebody that I knew they brought in that they had some familiarity with, but. He he never really played center. You know, he he claims that he didn't play center in Buffalo because there were just guys ahead of him that were really good. So like, I just I needed to see shit from him, and for him to be in the first practice and then vanish is. I I, I know it's early. It's only been four practices, but missing three out of four with it, hydration issues all in a row that I don't like that. That's annoying. It sounds like to me. it sounds like we need to get more information before we get the guillotine out on him or get yeah, the well, turf to come out. But and, yeah, and again, that's not, that's not weird. where I'm taking it. You know, I'm not saying that he's a piece of shit or a bad signing or he sucked. <laughs> but like, we're counting on this guy to be a starter. We had to count on him, and I didn't want to count on him to begin with. And I'm already regretting that we're counting on him. Uh, and we're that counting, sucks. And we're counting on this offensive line to get some cohesion together. And you're missing, you know. Absolutely. And this center is one of the most important parts for that because they're usually the ones calling out the protections and and in communication with everybody. Right. Like we're we're the first to say that these practices aren't life or death, but they are still practices and they are still building. Again, the offensive line has to play as one unit and not having them there, you know, it's uh, it's not helpful. So I I, I, let's find out what's going on with them first. Right. But uh, it's just it's but it it is annoying. It's Tony thing last year. It's just like. Ugh, it's just an annoyance. Yeah, and okay, okay, but here's the difference. With Kadarius Tony last year, wide receiver was sort of seen as a luxury for that year. You know, if Tony took a little while to get on the field, wasn't yeah. going to be a huge deal because at the time we had just signed Kenny Galladay. We also had uh, Sterling Shepard. We were expecting things from Darius Slayton. Oh, and see, I, I like, to me, everybody's the same. It's just like, I want you on the field. And if you're not on the field, uh, you know, I hope there's a good reason why and until we know why. But it, it just comes annoyance. It's like, He's still not on the field. I need you out there. I need. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's the, the deepest position we have or the thinnest. It's like we need you. You're missing these practices. Well, especially with early install and early reps and early. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And and to to further your point about needing this guy out here, to fill him in, they used Jameel Douglas, who from all accounts did a terrible job. They tried bringing <laughs> Ben Bredesen in, and he also did badly. Things didn't get better until they moved starting left guard Shane Lemieux over to center uh, for things to clean up. And now you've weakened two of five spots by doing that. You know, this the starting five is adequate for now. But I get the, prob- it. the problem yeah. with bad teams is once you get to six, seven, eight, nine, ten, there's a significant drop off and a serious drop off. We're talking about a backup center, not the third, you know, not a third string guy, backup. And they're scrambling and they're, to your point, getting players out of position and we're all jacked up already. Right. That's well, a and, and, and to, to be fair, I'm being a little bit more annoyed than I normally would be about this. It's just, this was like the one, maybe, there were maybe like three spots where I didn't want to see a training camp injury of any kind. This was one of them. Uh, and it's not really like an injury, I don't think, or whatever, but it's just frustrating because— There's something going on. Yeah, it's, this is something that I wanted—I needed this position to be hammered down. I wanted to feel comfortable with as much of the offensive line as possible. And to this early already be having an issue is annoying because it's just annoying. I, I'm not—you know, whatever. I'm not trying to overreact or whatever, but this is the one thing that is annoying me. You know, Dane Belton today— showed up with a sling on. He had been getting a lot of first-team reps as a third safety. 
Um, he is a broken collarbone. I'm not as upset about that. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? Like safety is another position that I think is really important. But a are broken collarbone. Are you more upset about why, as opposed to who, in this case? Like no, no, because because I always viewed Dane Belton as safety three. Mm-hmm. So even if he is a rookie and he probably needs as many reps as possible and we're hoping that he would advance enough in the playbook to see some significant playing time, you know, maybe eventually sub in over Julian Love, maybe become the second safety of the future. I don't fucking know. None of that's really important. The important thing is that immediately this year, if Dane Belton has to miss time, it's not the end of the world. Now, if our starting center is already missing time, that's what's making me mad. It's it's where they are in the depth chart. Are you more annoyed because it's the starting center or it's because – it's a heat stroke thing. Why can't why can't get on the field? Um, I mean, it I, I would like, say it's a little bit of both. Because it sounds like you're more annoyed at the fact that oh, we're missing our starting center as opposed to this sounds like a lingering something that doesn't seem like it's that serious, but he's not playing. Well, it's a little bit of both, but I acknowledge that being told it's a hydration issue may be a symptom and not a cause. If that makes yeah. sense, yeah. Uh, so that's why I'm holding off. But if it is just that, it's just him not being able to handle the heat that's that's incredibly frustrating because it, dude like i could drink enough water to handle the heat like why can't you well it's on the coaching staff and it's on the support staff to make sure it, you know i guess i i don't know it's just it is an infuriating thing because if it is just that it's a simple fix it just takes a little bit of diligence i guess it shouldn't I don't take th- it should take three days it shouldn't take three days especially when you're not wearing fucking pads yet <laughs> and then what happens? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm waiting to see with John Feliciano. The The reason it's important is because, from what I understand, the offensive line looked good when he was in there. Uh, you know, again, in pads, not really hitting, but they looked bad when he wasn't there. So it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, the other injuries, uh, DB Jaron Williams was released today, Monday, with an injury designation slash settlement. I don't know the nature of that. In response, the Giants signed Jared Wilson. Um, and also importantly, you know, the, the thing people were freaking out uh, about was Dane Bell, um, Daniel Bellinger being on the PUP list to start the year. As soon as training camp started, he was off the PUP. He list. was off it. Yeah. So he passed his those... physical immediately and started yeah. playing. Um, contrary to that, John Feliciano can't do anything. So for for three straight days, so getting mad. But am, am, I, am I being crazy? You can say. Um, a little bit. Okay. I mean, I think, uh, what year is he? How long has he been in the league? I think he's like 30. Or like okay, so he's also or... somebody that's not a rookie and not first year learning how to be a professional. I'm going to so look that it's... up so I don't look stupid, but keep talking. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm more concerned about what it means. What What's wrong with him as opposed to he's not out there. Again, like you said, I think we both said it, this sounds like a symptom more than a you know a cause a cause and if it's something where he's you know physically sick and yeah like if he has the worse, flu or something and that's why he's dehydrated and dealing with heat things right okay it's just fine it's just bad timing yeah it's yeah. just and that and that's fine because i know he'll recover from that it's not a matter of him not being diligent with his own body so i'm going to put you at about 12 percent crazy okay that's it not bad yeah and, and again i started I'm, I'm you know i have a show where i talk uh, a lot about things but in reality and how i feel about this in the realm of the giants is very small uh, it, i'm just it's just a well, let me ask annoyance. you last night if you have an eight hours sleep how many hours did you sleep worrying about this oh 
I slept eight I, hours in? Yeah, I, I slept the whole eight hours. Okay, so then we're not that worried. If you were, no. if it was three thirty and I texted you like, "Hey, bro, what's going on?" And you're like, "Man, Still fucking John." <laughs> then I got some concerns, but I think you probably slept through the night with this one. Um, are you feeling good that Shane Lemieux looks, uh, from all accounts that I've heard, okay? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. This is that's great news, right? No, I'm disappointed. I mean, I I think fans have forgotten because Shane Lemieux only came in in the tail end of 2020, his rookie year. He was a fifth round pick, remember? He was not no no second round pick, but you know, came in the tail end. He was only really good at run blocking. Had some struggles in the pass blocking. Missed all of 2021, being injured in I think OTAs, right? Yes. He got injured in the spring towards the end of OTAs. Missed all of training camp, and then I think he played three downs in week one very little out. very little right um i think they forgot that he's not th- that there was room for him to grow mm-hmm. uh, and then it's out of sight out of mind you don't think about him and but it's also fair to not want to count on the guy but uh i'm not right. surprised i'm not surprised that he is uh rounding out his game i'm not surprised that he is snapping the ball we that was something that we saw him practicing i think before the combine or something like that well that's nice we said earlier it's just you know th- the depth on this offensive line scares the hell out of us. And if he's back and he's, you know, the number six guy that we can count on, then that's huge. Very important. Yeah. So I'm very yeah. thrilled. And, and and the fact that uh, Josh Azudu doesn't have to go straight from North Carolina to the New York Giants is also great. You know, that yeah. he can he can kind of round out his game because Josh Azudu is not an earth mover of a, of a lineman coming out of college. He's certainly no. not. Um, though we are excited for him as well. Um... Let's move to what do you want to talk about? Offense. Let's talk offense. All right, that cool. seems to be the uh, the pain points for so many people, needlessly. But let's let's talk about it. So I know that some people seem to think that offense is usually ahead of the defense in training camp, summer, preseason. I think when you're installing a new offense, even if you're installing a new defense at the same time, the offense is always going to be a little bit behind because offense is operate on like a clock and it's like a machine and everything has to go together defenses to a certain extent also do the same thing but they also are just kind of reacting to offenses in a certain way they just kind of you know the thing is also as much as you can you're kind of quote-unquote game planning on your offense right now you're not doing on defense you're not doing any exotic blitzes you're not doing oh but the giants are (laughs) Yeah, but they're not like fully going after the quarterback. Like, they're not touching the quarterbacks or anything, mm-hmm. you know. So it's you're you're kind of only going at three quarter speed on defense, or on offense, you're basically going 100 percent speed. Yeah, I I just think that offenses require 11 guys to be in the right spot at the right time, and defenses mm-hmm. only really need to be where the uh, offensive guy is or in the backfield. Right. You know what I mean? Like a breakdown on a pass rush just ends up in the quarterback having more time in the pocket a breakdown in pass protection your, your quarterback is dead yeah it's just it, the, the results are more catastrophic when offenses are screwed up and i'm not shocked to hear that the offense is um not but doing not as well playing, as the defense right now but they're even playing like real game situations no well these are drills so right, I think right. Are just let them do their drills that's it's you know it's great the fans are back you know i'm really happy we're in a sense of normalcy but again the negative for that is everybody's watching every single drill, and a drill is a drill. Yes. You know, a drill is to get reps and get you ready for the season. It's not, you know, I think fans and the media too much thinks that every play is an evaluation. And sometimes it's just a drill. 
It's just repetition and doing things over and over and learning what this new offense is and learning new plays and learning new formations and where do I need to be? You know, what snap are we going? All these different things. And you have to work those kinks out and that's okay. But I think when everybody's watching, everybody's so quick to, you know, everybody's a podcaster and everybody's a reporter and everybody's a pundit and they have to make an opinion on it. And it's just like, let's let, let's at least wait till a game situation before we start making these, you know, pronouncements about what's going on and or, or things ahead of or behind us, they're just doing reps. Yeah, to your point, um, and I, I'm not gonna. I know I'm gonna come off this way, but I'm not trying to be uh, like a Jones Homer or anything like that. But <laughs> but Brian Dable did say that like the you know the one practice they were strictly practicing like third and long, which is like. Those are situations you want to be in as few as possible in a real game scenario, but you practice them so that you can convert them. Mm-hmm. But when you do a whole day of that, you're going to have an offense that doesn't do as well as a day where you're practicing, I don't fuck, just normal, we have normal drives. We have a hundred years of NFL stats in history that say that when you're third and 11 and third and nine and third and 10, your third down completion percentage and your first down conversion rate is pretty low. Mm-hmm. So if you're just practicing things, yeah. Also, if you're if you're also running an offense for the fourth time ever, you're going to be even worse at it than you would be at, and it's a hard mm-hmm. situation. The other thing was, you know, uh, there was a lot of criticism about an interception that Daniel Jones threw deep down the field, which I think was to Dane Belton. Um, Brian Dable today. Uh, said that that was a situation in which he wants Daniel Jones to throw the ball even if the play isn't there just to see how DBs react, Uh, which I guess is a game situation where they want to, I guess, exploit maybe a team not expecting them to push the ball downfield or maybe a team that has a lockdown corner that they think we're not even going to look his way or whatever the case may be. This was a situation in which the coach wanted him to throw the ball no matter what. So... That clip that we all saw of him throwing a ball almost directly to Dane Belton was almost ordered by the coach. Um, you know, Listen, I don't think he wanted him to throw a pick, but I think he wanted. Yeah, I, I know he wanted him to throw the ball downfield. The media and the fans do not have what Brian Dable and the coaching staff have scripted out. I mean, these coaches have, you know, their day planned to the minute, the snap, everything. And until unless you're privy to that, knowing. You're reacting to what you see. You don't know what's been prepared for that particular drill. And, you know, these drills are not just for the offensive alone. There is a defensive side, and they're trying to do drills on things as well. You know, how are they reacting to a ball that's overthrown? I mean, you run some plays to have the quarterback overthrow or something. So, again, I'm not going to freak out about anything in a drill. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's a it's a drill. It's it, it's a it's a rep. That's all it is. Yeah, I, I'll start freaking out if things look bad in preseason games. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a it, again. If you have an, a narrative coming in that you are anti Daniel Jones or pro anti or pro Daniel Jones, what you see is just gonna further confirm your that. Yeah. Um. So you know the, the offense is clearly adjusting to the new system. They're 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 getting their feet wet. There's some been bad some some bad protection. There's been some late throws. There's also been some drops. It's kind of been around. It has not just been Jones. And so, they're also definitely allowing Jones to take risks and make mistakes in practice. This is something that we've been told already, so we shouldn't be surprised by it. But I'm just reminding everyone. Well, what were you say? I'm, 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 
I'm pleasantly surprised a little bit because, you know, coach speak in the offseason, they'll say things. And then, you know, when, when we actually get to practice in preseason and games, you don't ever see it. So at least I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised to actually see something they said they were going to do. Um, what I was going to say was, so you don't necessarily agree with Pat Leonard that after three practices, we really should be considering bringing in Tyrod Taylor to run this offense? <laughs> I wonder if there is a single thing that Pat Leonard and I agree on. <laughs> I mean, let's let, let's just take that, forget who said it, and the, forget about the absurdity. Let's, let's take this as seriously. I don't want to hear the name Tyrod Taylor at all unless Daniel Jones is hurt. Yeah. Even even if Daniel Jones is terrible through week five and week six, I think we all agree, and I think deep down in the coaching staffs, you know, in the pit of their soul, they know that this team's not going to the Super Bowl this year. And they know this is year one of the rebuild, and they want to see what they have in everybody. So the least that Daniel Jones is going to get is going to be a lot, lot, lot longer than the fans want and the media is going to howl about. I mean... They're trying to make a decision that's going to impact the next five years of this franchise, you know, from a... And they want to make the right choice. Exactly. So, it's to say after three unpadded, you know, series of drills to think about the backup quarterback. And this backup quarterback is not someone... He's not Trey Lance. He's not the second pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah, no. He's the heir apparent. He's He's like 31 or something. He's a journeyman backup who's brought in to... At, at best, hold the fort down for a game or two to hold up for potential playoff spot, and at worst, prevent what happened last year where we didn't have a qualified quarterback on this roster. and We QB sneaked. Yeah, which half of you idiots end up getting the coach fired because of, in your opinions. So I, I, I don't want to hear his name. I'm sure he's a nice guy, and he's probably very good at his job at being a backup quarterback. But any talk of him coming into a game, to me, has to be if Daniel Jones is hurt, and that's it. Otherwise, I think you're doing a disservice to Daniel Jones, this coaching staff, and this organization to not find out everything you can possibly can about this quarterback before you make that decision. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna talk a little bit about this guy now, and there's a reason, though. Um, just because we kind of are venturing a little bit into the Joe Shane side of things a little bit. Okay. Um it seems to be clear from all accounts that Wandell Robinson is a planned part of this offense, almost as if he was a straight-up Brian Dable, Mike Kafka pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, everything seems to be – he has probably the most interesting concepts in every single play. I mean, he's doing all kinds of crazy motion. He's lining up all over the fucking place. Um, that being said, I think it's also important to know that even this draft – like, just keep in mind that Joe Shane, I think, really anchored on um, the few people he could tr- he could trust. Um, the assistant GM we got from Philadelphia was his name Brandon Brown, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, and Wink Martindale. I think he leaned on them because, remember, even after the draft, there were more front office guys fired. Chris Mara had his title changed again. Um, I think that, honestly... He didn't have like a real dra- the draft pro. Obviously, he didn't have the draft process he wanted. That's such a dumb statement. But you know what I'm saying? Like he was kind of flying through this draft, just kind of not even knowing who he could trust in the building. You know, right. so like just just keep that in mind. I I, I think that um, when you consider that, I think 
it appears that he hit this draft out of the park. Um, and also, um, well, he might have. I, look, I understand the date. It's August first. It yes. appears that he hit this draft out of the park, considering the handicap that he had. Uh, that's pretty goddamn impressive. I gotta yeah, say. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna go that far just yet. I, I gotta see it. Oh, sorry. Field the field other field. thing. Sorry. In addition yeah. to that, which by the way, that was the more minor point. The more major point is he may even have more time on his. Uh, I guess projected resume than we realized because this year was such a null draft um i think it gets a, you, get, you get a mulligan i think for this year because yeah, of the, i agree the limited yeah. time and uh well i'm not gonna say you know hitting it out of the park yet i mean again that's winning the off season and uh no I, that's okay great. okay hang on hang on a draft by the way doesn't hitting a draft out of the park does not mean if you have 11 picks getting 11 starters that's not what hitting a draft no. out of the park is but the fact that he has um Wandale Robinson appears to be a major part of this offense, and by the way, he's looking pretty good in camp. Kayvon Thibodeau is addressing a need that this team has had for a decade and a half. Evan Neal is addressing a need that yep. this team has had a decade and a half. Though that when you when you nail your first like say four picks, which Josh Azudu will see, um, that's that's a fucking good draft. And I don't care that two of them were in the top ten because teams screw up picks in the top ten every year. <laughs> Yeah. Every year. I Every mean, year. What's the number one discussion about the Giants is the potentially blowing a number six pick on a quarterback that may not be re-signed. Oh, my so God. Right. Every every pick was a disaster. Kadarius Tony was the wrong pick. And, and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and everyone but Andrew Thomas. You know, we, we talk about blowing a first-round pick every single year. We have people complaining about it. So well, the fact – even if it's so obvious, he still didn't blow it, I don't think. So yeah. far, everything looks like it was the right idea. And I'm going to say, you know, as much as Wondell Robinson, you know, we think is, you know, going to be a major part, Kadarius Tony has had a really good camp as yes, well. Yes, he has. So, yes. so if that's the case, and, you know, and he, they're both, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the two twins that really are, you know, the catalyst for this offense, then all of a sudden you have to go back and revisit what that draft the year before and say, well, it wasn't a bust of, of, of a draft if they got him. Yeah. So. I, I think it's too early. I mean, it's way too early for this pick, this year's class. Uh-huh. And I still think it's even too early for last year's, too. I mean, yes. let's see. If Kadarius Tony, I mean, last year was a victim of circumstance. A lot of little things unrelated came together, and you have this conclusion of this guy, you know, everything went wrong. So far, everything seems to be going right right now. Again, let's see it on the field in a real game. Let's see if he can stay healthy for 17 games. Let's see if... Uh, you know, there's no issues with him or anything, but I, I really think having not one but two guys with similar similar skill sets that are matchup nightmares, you know, all of a sudden makes the rest of that offense a lot more interesting. You know, all of a sudden, you know, Saquon Barkley becomes much more of a weapon. Uh, you know, Kenny Galladay all of a sudden becomes a weapon. Matt Breda, whatever, whatever tight end we can, yeah, Matt Breda, you know, becomes a. I, I just think those two guys are, are wild cards, meaning that they are weapons that very few teams have. And when you watch a team like Kansas City last year, it was, you know, they have receivers like that where it's just like they get the ball in their hands. You don't know what's going to happen next from, you know, stride to stride. And we haven't had that excitement around here in a long time. I mean, not since uh, Beckham, I would say. Beckham had it, but that was just, but he was such a unique talent also, but he was still like more of a traditional wide receiver. These are guys that, could get the ball four yards in the line of scrimmage and go 80 yards potentially or just weave in and out of traffic in so many different ways. They could end arounds or, you know, whatever. And we have two of them. 
Mm-hmm. So that just makes it a potential uh, coaching headache and nightmare for opposing staffs. Some fun offensive notes that we've been hearing is uh, Richie James, wide receiver, has been a bit of a surprise making a ton of catches. Um, so he is a guy that I'm going to zero in on on preseason since Darius Slayton is, is falling apart. And, and a special teamer too, right? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Andre Miller, the super tall wide receiver they took undrafted out of Maine, has been converting to tight end and has been getting some good reps there as well. That's also interesting because tight end is fucking wide open as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, it's still very I, – I, I always say this every season when we do this show. I always make the comment, our starting X is not on this roster yet. And tight end might be one of those positions also where – our starting tight end in, in week one might be practicing another training camp in, in, right in now another somewhere. uniform. Exactly. Um, let's switch over to defense. Yeah, let's yeah, let's do it. The biggest news that we've heard, as far as I'm concerned, is that Darnay Holmes is having a camp of all camps, and I couldn't be happier for him. Um, sure, Darnay Holmes is a guy who has a good skill set. I was on board. I, I, I he was not a pre-draft guy for me, so I had no like loyalty to him being picked or anything like that when i saw the tape i knew he had the skills um you know he didn't do all that much in his i almost said freshman in his rookie year (laughs) and then sophomore fuck his second year um (laughs) in his second year he um you know he he kind of got phased out of what patrick graham was really trying to do there and you know it just you know, Aaron Robinson was drafted, was kind of more of his go-to guy, so was Rodarius Williams. And I think he just kind of tumbled down the depth chart and also didn't really fit so much what Patrick Graham had to convert the defense to to make up for lack of a pass rush. Now, in Wink Martindale's thing of being aggressive, I, and again, I have not been to practice yet. I will be at practice by the time you next the, the, the next yeah. time you guys hear this show. Yeah, we'll talk um, about that in a minute, yeah. Yeah, and I'll also be at FanFest, but... It seems that this aggressive defense that allows him to just cash in and jump routes and cut underneath things um, is perfect for him because I think he's had an interception every single day, which is insane. I mean, this is—he's not no starting outside corner where you know he's mm-hmm. getting a ton of nonstop reps like Adoree Jackson is. Uh, so you know that's that's fantastic. It's good to hear. Did he have the pick six on Jones? Was that him? Yes, but um, so I, again, we weren't there, so I didn't until today realize that uh, I was listening to the Talking Giants cast and Bobby and Justin were describing that that was kind of a situation where it, it seemed like the defense sort of knew what the offense was running and it was like a bubble screen. So like once he had the interceptions, nobody in front of him. He just had green grass. So mm-hmm. I, I, that didn't really seem like a game scenario. But I'm not going to take it away from him either. No, no, no. If you're if you're going to blast a quarterback for throwing it, you should praise the guy who made the play too. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, this is fantastic to hear because I'm not hearing bad things about Aaron Robinson either. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't been reading bad things about Aaron Robinson. He got picked on a little bit in like red zone drills and stuff, but he's also playing against Kadarius Tony. Um, you know, Aaron Robinson on the outside may be a little bit better than I certainly thought. I, I like him more in the slot position as like your nickel corner, but I will gladly take any L that's, you know, better for the team. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know, again, I think that backfield's going to be only as good as the, the pressure that's provided up front. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, I think once we start getting seeing training camp, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, preseason games, we'll get a little bit of better gauge of that. Um, but every 
extra step that a Kayvon Thibodeau can provide in putting pressure on makes it a little easier for these guys in the back to do their job. And I think that's going to be as much – it's going to be much of a schematic thing for those guys back there as individual talent until we get some real, real studs back there. Um, another really, really, really um, dangerous position I felt was inside linebacker. Um, and I, I know that they went out and they got Micah McFadden. They got Darian Beavers. You know, I, I like both of those guys for different skill sets that they present, but neither one of them is a three-down linebacker that I feel comfortable anchoring the middle. It has been very pleasant to hear that Blake Martinez looks good out there. That's nice to hear because he did get injured early on. He, I think he's still is not— Is he fully, fully cleared to play or like full contact and stuff? Or what, I what's think his status? He, I believe he is fully cleared, but I believe the coaching staff is holding him out of team periods on their own volition. Okay. Um, that's my thought process. But, you know, even you know, Jordan Renan, I think, actually, like, quote tweeted me and was saying that he looked good even back in the spring. And, mm-hmm. like, I know that they all said that then, but, like, I don't I don't really trust a reporter to, to be like, yeah, he looks good, like in in shorts. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't trust that. But the fact that he looks good in training camp is a different thing for me. Even if that's shorts, it's still not OTAs. You know? Right. Um. So, I knew he was running and moving real well in the spring. That's good to hear. But the fact that he's practicing real well in training camp, that's fantastic. I was not expecting that. I believe both of us had him being cut from the team partially because of injury and partially because of his contract Uh, his contract was reworked which i thought was weird but uh thank god that joe shane knows more than i do i guess because i would be very (laughs) uncomfortable with the combination of any of tay crowder micah mcfadden darian beavers out there agreed agreed um speaking of combinations uh, a lot of what we've been hearing is Wink Martindale is throwing the entire kitchen sink onto the practice field because he is practicing his plays for the defense. And it's confusing the shit out of the offense, too. Uh, and it's it's kind of cool to see because, like, you know, I don't know, a reporter will say, like, oh, look at this touchdown by Kadarius Tony or something. And I'll look at it and be like, whoa, we're faking double A-gap pressure and bailing into coverage, and then, like, the safety <laughs> came all the way from over there to blitz? Like, definitely cool shit that he's doing. It's very, very interesting. We're seeing some formation things that we haven't seen. Well, uh, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. You're saying it's confusing the shit out of the offense. How's the defense doing? Is are they? Have you heard reports of you know mass confusion and, and communication issues with them, or are they are they slowly getting it, or what have you been hearing? So I, I think the defense has been okay so far. I haven't been hearing a lot about the defense having miscommunications or anything like that. I think it's also harder to tell. When an offense screws up, usually the play is fucked. A defense can screw up, yeah. and the offense may not catch it or it may not you know be on the play side of the ball so nothing happens with it. You know They could bust a coverage and the QB doesn't even see because it's a screen. You know, mm-hmm. like There's all sorts of mistakes a defense that can make that a, a an observer wouldn't catch because it had nothing to do with the play and it didn't actually affect the end result. So I, I haven't been hearing anything about the defense having mass miscommunication. I've been seeing a couple clips where maybe people aren't getting deep enough in their coverage and you know Good. balls are going over their head and things like that. But I'm not seeing any reports of mass confusion on the defensive side. Because I can tell you, and we've referenced this a few times in the show, you know, having just gone through a defense similar to this on the college side with Florida the biggest mistakes you know and the biggest problems that defense had was the communication problems mm-hmm. you know and 
you know they he uh, they like to throw the kitchen sink at the at the quarterback and you know didn't have the, the type of pressure they wanted and all of a sudden a safety's looking at a linebacker or something and <laughs> next you know Wondell Robinson is running for 80 yards for a touchdown against us for example um, so especially year one as you're converting over to this different style of defense I'm expecting to see you know more than once this happened and that's okay mm-hmm. uh, it's you know. No, Brian Dable said it the best. I want you to make your mistakes in training camp. Yeah. Well, even I think even you know as as the season starts. I, again, remember these guys are not going to play that much in, in preseason. And one of our hopes was we actually treat these preseason games to prepare for the regular season. But I think right. you're going to see some of these probably more than you're used to. And I know someone, Pat Leonard, is going to write an article saying you know this defense is unprepared and just looks like mass, you know. Uh, like a big mess when just keep that in mind that it's going to take a little bit for this this defense to gel and, and to know where they're supposed to be and what their assignments are because a lot of these guys are going to be put on an island and if they're not where they're supposed to be it could get it could look really really bad i have to say i've been blocked by pat leonard for about a year now it's been it, it's made my <laughs> life a lot happier um, so he can write any article he wants. I won't see it. <laughs> so there's always. Well, unfortunately, that. I'm irrelevant, so he doesn't know who I am yet. But I'll be sure to let you know. You know, I think I'm only blocked by like three or four people, and I. Oh, me, I mean, like, I mean, like media people. Not, not. Oh. Um, I'm sure more than that have blocked me. Uh, almost. I blocked your ass. That's for sure. Um, but I don't think any of them made any sense. Like I, I just one day was like, what? How did I get blocked by this guy? When did that happen? Um, so whatever, who knows what I did? I, I don't think anything, but, um, so some interesting alignment things that we've heard, uh, uh, Dexter Lawrence getting some nose tackle reps. Um, I think some people are more into that than I am. Not that I think that that's bad, but I, I just think that he's more than that. I think he's more than a space eater, even if he is pretty good at that. Like, and then we went out and we like drafted some nose tackles. So like, were those just wasted picks just to put... Dexter Lawrence, I don't know. Well, I think also, Dexter Lawrence It's, can it's do also more day now. four of training camp, and yeah. I think there's, I think they're just trying little things, and maybe it's just I, purely no, no, no. just for reps, like you know, let's get a body in there to, to execute the uh, the rep. Uh, so I would, I wouldn't read too much into that, and maybe there's some cross training that they're trying to do. Um, who knows? I think let's, if we see this in the first or second preseason game, I'll be able, I'll start thinking, hmm, what's going on here? But for right now could be a variety of reasons what's happening no i mean like he should get the reps there i mean he should be probably the 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 second nose tackle if if our starting nose tackle is hurt and can't go that week he should be the backup he should know the place he should do that i'm just saying i think more people were excited about that than i would be to me that's that's less than ideal i think he's i think he's better not playing there but just that's just my two cents that's all having him as the backup as opposed to someone they just drafted off you know and may not be ready yeah makes sense um, the other thing is, so Justin Panic broke down broke down some of the looks that we're getting, which is one D lineman looks with Leonard Williams. So hmm. Leo is like the only D lineman. Then you have three edge guys with Kayvon Thibodeau, Ojolari probably, but because he's on the side, it's Quincy Roche and Jihad Ward. Then in the middle, you have Blake Martinez or Tay Crowder. And then you just have five DBs with so, a Dory Jackson, a, a one, Aaron four, Robinson. Six. <laughs> it's like it sounds like some crazy soccer formation. Uh, that would be. Uh, no, it would be. One plus four plus six is eleven. 
Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's a, <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's a one four six. Um, yeah. uh, I just I didn't write down the six DB. That's why I was like, no, it's not. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, so then you you have your three safeties and then a nickel corner, um, and that's kind of been the look. I didn't write down the nickel corner's name, which I assume is is uh, Darnay Holmes because your outside guys are Dory Jackson and Aaron Robinson. Then you have your three safeties are Dane Belton, who was kind of sitting a lot in single high looks. Um, and then you had McKinney low and Love even lower. Uh, and then you had your, your nickel guy, which I assume was Darnay Holmes, but could be, I don't know, somebody else, I guess. Um, Very interesting. But but definitely a strange alignment. You know, one D lineman is such a departure from the Dave Gettleman era of, of gathering <laughs> defensive tackles, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I think that's cool. I, I like that. Um, I think that that's probably – the idea is going to be to get as much speed on the field as possible in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's probably the unit to do that. I, I would say maybe you could maybe get Ellerson Smith on there somewhere as well. Um Though from a pure pass rush standpoint, he's not better than the the three pass rushers I listed. So would this be like a formation, like almost like a prevent defense thing? Like we're up. We're no, up, I uh, don't think so. I think this is more of a an aggressive defense. I think you're getting speed up there, and you have a bunch of guys who can cover and blitz. So you so, don't know who is who. So the linebackers are, are crashing in this situation, and uh, as opposed uh, to linemen, I would say that you probably have. Three guys in Thibodeau, Ojolari, and Jihad Ward who could rush or drop into shallow coverage, and you don't know which because they're going to show rush. You have a guy with Blake Martinez who could also do the same thing. And then you probably, and then you, of the DBs, any of those guys could drop or pressure, except for Dane Belton, who's de- back the furthest deep. So I said, you know, would this be like an almost like a prevent thing? So you're not expecting the run in situations like this. Like no, have, I, I wouldn't say it's a prevent, but it's definitely a passing situation I, that you're trying to exploit a mistake. A that's yeah. really what I meant more. It's like this, these are obvious passing situations. Like, and again, a team is down by 10 with two and a half minutes left and they're starting in their own 20 or yeah. something. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that's really good. And I think that I think that's really the aim is to get as much speed on the field as possible and to just – Make a quarterback look and be like, everyone's showing pressure. Every single one of these guys could be blitzing me, and they all could drop into coverage, and it would be perfectly viable. And I think that's kind of the idea, is to just get as many do-it-all kind of guys with speed on the field at the same time. It's make these quarterbacks think, and that's, you know... Or or just think twice. Right. Time wasted is time they can't afford. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's kind of, I think, the idea. Um, So I'm interested in seeing that. I have no more defensive notes other than that. But I am really interested in watching the defense, I think, more than the offense in the practice that's coming up Tuesday. And then for FanFest, where we'll be in the stadium, I believe. Well, well we're going to be there Wednesday for practice, right? That's what I certainly meant to say. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, August 3rd, yes. Because by the time you guys hear this, it will be Tuesday. That's August right. And we will not be there. So no, I, I, will not, I will not be Some there. Some of us have jobs. So yeah. We have to work. So, but uh, Wednesday, we are playing hooky. And we yes. are going to practice. So very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to be keying on the defense because I think I have more questions about that and I have more, uh, I would say, lenience with the offense and learning a new system and perhaps Dayball not having half of the weapons that he thinks he should well, have. Well, I'll tell you what, then I'll focus on the offense while we're doing that. And maybe we'll even have a surprise episode later in the week from oh, based shit. on what we saw. 
we could. Um, and then I will be at FanFest as well. We'll be in the stadium. I'm pretty sure that's where we were last year. Uh, where I'll have a better view of like the overall because when you're at training camp, the bleachers only go so high and sometimes things are far. When you're in a stadium, you're high enough up off the ground, even in the well, lowest seats. You can is see FanFest a practice or is it just more like a meet and greet? Yeah. I, I wasn't there, so I don't know. It was it was a practice last year, but I mean, it was also a little different. It was the first time they did it, but it was a practice in the stadium. Oh, in the stadium. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and they kind of had everyone in different spots and... You know, you could move around to a different spot if you wanted to. But unfortunately, um, I will not be at FanFest. I will be in beautiful Boise, Idaho, for that. But uh, I will be there Wednesday at practice with with Grump, and we'll see all our old friends. Mm-hmm. And if you recognize these ugly mugs, come by and say hi. Oh yeah, please. Uh, this is this is the fun stuff, and I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out at ACL underscore tears who hit me up with the practice tickets like eight minutes before we recorded this episode. Um, Thanks, man. On a whim, got us to get to practice, which was sick because I've never come needed. find us. We'll get. To, we'll buy you a coke. For yeah, a yeah. Actually, ACL tears. If you are going to any games this year, DM me privately on Twitter, and uh, I will find a way to. I'll, I'll buy you a beer or something like that. I'll, I'll make. I'll, I'll make something happen. Um, <laughs> it's a great handle. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing else for this episode. Anything? I, I'm just glad we're getting closer and closer to real football, and uh, you know, no more talk about hypotheticals during the off season. You know, now we're actually seeing the birth of a team, and I'm excited about Wednesday of getting there and seeing, you know, seeing these drills and, and seeing the the competition because you know, it's a competition for these guys, and hopefully, the better talent we have, we have better competition and we have better players, and that's the first way to get out of being such a horrible team. So I'm I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to uh, we're also going to the uh, the home preseason game right we've confirmed that uh, I mean you said let's do that and I said yes uh, whether <laughs> that's or not, all the confirmation we, we yeah. have but yes if you have the tickets then yeah 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 I have yeah. the tickets so and it's then it'll be your first ever Giants preseason game I've been up here now this will be my twenty second twenty first year living back up in New York and I've never been to a preseason game. I've always either just didn't care or had plans or whatever, but uh, I think we should do it. We, we need to practice. We need to get our tailgate game uh, going also. We don't want to go into the first game unprepared. So yeah, I don't want to look like a fool when it counts. No, 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 no. This is our chance to, to drink too much and throw up and, you know, so I, I, I've talked to the powers that be about tailgating and we're, they're working on a plan. So it may not be the biggest one ever, but We'll uh, we'll have something details to be announced shortly. Mm, I'm excited for that because I don't know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> um, all right, I guess that's gonna do it for us. Um, we will be at practice on Wednesday, as we said, and you know maybe there will be an episode following that. Uh, so stay tuned. Follow us at football underscore grump on Twitter, at the cranky fan on Twitter, and at just giants pod on Twitter for any updates about that. If there isn't an episode, or if there is, regardless, there will be one the same time next week with training camp report number two. And um, yeah. And if you and if you want to hear my misery about being a Rays fan, check out my solo pod, um, the cranky fan pod on the FL Teams YouTube channel. Um, you Yankee fans. I'm sure you'll enjoy hearing me bitch and moan because I've had a lot to bitch and moan lately. Yeah, no, seriously, this is this is the preseason for football. So those of you who are baseball fans, especially Yankee fans, Met fans, Rays fans, those those teams are going to the 
playoffs, it looks like. So they, it's yeah. the time to pay attention to ALE stuff if you're a Yankee fan. And I, I hate baseball, and I've listened he to does. multiple episodes of that show, and it's actually very, very good baseball stuff. So Well, we, we had our, uh, our good friend uh, Nicky Snacks, who's you know been on this show before, and he's been on Talking Giants all the time. He's been on my show to talk. And he was Yankees. fantastic he's, on that episode. He's, he's awesome on it. So he'll be on there again for sure as we get closer to the playoffs and everything. So uh, – as it heats up, the, our little rivalry where we're brothers on Sundays and, and we're enemies every other day, of the, week. Every, the other six days of the week. I don't know. <laughs> no, man, I love you, Snacks. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. We will see you either later this week or next week. Go Giants! Go Giants. <laughs>